When it comes to marketing, we all know the importance of having an avatar. No, no, not the James Cameron movie version. Or an ideal customer in mind. So why is it that so many businesses still practice the cart before the horse marketing? Well, we're about to tell you. Welcome to the show. Five, four, three, two, one, lift off. Two women, one mission to break through the BS of business, money, and mindset so you can live the life you desire and deserve sooner. Join Pauline Longdon and Ray Brent as they keep breaking through the BS. Buckle up and hold on to your aura. Enjoy the ride. G'day listeners, this is Pauline Longdon and I'm Ray Brent and you're listening to Breaking Through the BS. Hey, Pauline, it's great to be back. Yeah, it is great. I'm really enjoying this podcast. I hope that our listeners are enjoying it as much as we are. Well, from from all accounts um, that we, we're getting back, uh, they are. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and they want us to keep going, so... Um... It's a relief, actually, that they <laughs> like it. Yeah, it's not just your mum and dad who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I don't even know that they are. Not, not a lot of people know what podcasts are. I pity yeah. the fool. Yeah, but your mum does read your weekly newsletter. Yeah, I know, and that's all that matters really for me. So, Ray, this week we're going to be talking about marketing. Marketing, yeah, one of our favourite topics. Yeah, love marketing, and we're just going to be sharing with our, our listeners some of our perspectives and also things that we've learned along the way through trial and error, but also through our studies and you know putting money behind our marketing efforts. Uh, testing and measuring. Testing and measuring, tweaking and monetizing. And monetizing. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, okay, so uh, we're going to be sharing today about the, the whole concept of the cart before the horse marketing, which not many people talk about, if, if at all, because I just made it up on the spot just, just then. I guess so you could also call it the chicken or the egg marketing. Yeah, but then that's sort of like, which did come first, but we know that when people put the cart before the horse, then that's the wrong order isn't it? So, <laughs> True. Um, and what I mean by that is the cart before the horse marketing is usually they have the product before they have the people. And as we know from direct response marketing, that's not really the right way to do it. And we'll explain why. We're going to also go through who are these people, um, where are these magical people that you're supposed to be marketing to. And then also we're going to drill down on the fact that it's not just people, it's actually one person you're marketing to. But then people have the objection, like business owners, they go, if I'm just marketing one person, that's not going to be able to sustain a, a business. We're going to discuss about that. And also how you can market to one person and still get a huge share of the market. So let's get into it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What's first? Okay, so let's talk about the cart before the horse marketing. The best way to have a successful product or service is to actually find a hole in the market and fill it. And when I say a hole in the market, we're talking about a need that the market has. And, and when I'm saying market, it's like people. It's not a, a, a market. It's not a, an abstract thing. It's not a company or a business. You know, companies and businesses are actually people too. That's what people don't understand. You don't buy from a company. You don't buy from a business. You actually buy from people. And businesses that are people sell to people. They're not marketing or selling to consumers. 
that's selling to people. And this is where a lot of people get caught up in the abstraction, remove themselves away from the the emotion of what they're selling to people. Yeah, because it, it also comes back to people buy on emotion. Exactly. And if you don't see people as people but see them as an abstraction, then you're not seeing that there's an emotional connection between purchases. Yeah, and you're actually not connecting at an emotional level yeah. and allowing the energy transfer yeah. between yourself and the potential client. So that, that comes into the fact that then it gets, you know, if, you, if you're not seeing the consumer as a person and, and one person, then what you're seeing them as is a buying unit and that's then seeing them as a clinical thing, which means that you're not seeing them as anything more than a cash cow. That's the wrong way to do business. And the thing these days that's happening is I've spoken about the conscious consumer um, in other media and I'll be doing a show on the conscious consumer coming up soon is that we are not selling to virgins as Dan Kennedy would say we are selling to people that have been sold to forever and so we need to treat people with respect not treat them as cash cows people will gladly give us their money as long as we give them a good reason and also if we show them that we are solving a need that they have in their life. Yeah, and providing value for them. Exactly, exactly right. So when I talk about cart before the horse marketing, what I'm talking about is that people usually get a product or a service and then they go to the market. So we saw it in the woo-woo business a lot. We see all these people go out and do all these courses and then they go out and say, oh, you know, I am a such and such, ta-da, here I am. Yeah. It's like that build it and they will come. Yeah, or they invest so much money in building a website, mm -hmm. creating a funnel, a set of autoresponders, paying, everything. paying for copy, paying for everything, paying for research and development, um, especially if it's a physical product, paying to get it created, mm -hmm. and then they've run out of money to actually market it. Yeah, but then you say, who have you done this for? Like, who is your avatar or who is your ideal client or customer? And, and what do say, they say? Everyone. Everyone. And and I need to uh, build this product and, and sell this, it to the product. This is what I want to sell, but is it what people want to buy? Is there even a need for it? Because as an example, I had a, an interaction with someone on Facebook recently and, and they said, you, you don't need copywriting, which is, you know, words that sell to sell a bottle of water in the desert. Well, no, you don't because you've got like a thirsty person in the desert. They'd probably pay top dollar for that bottle of water. But then if you put that water... That same bottle of water. Same bottle of water in a different environment. Like um, on a shelf in a supermarket or a grocery store. Yeah. And yeah. how do you make it stand out from the, the rest of the, the bottles of water and then also the bottles of soft drink um, and everything else, flavoured drinks. When there's 20 million alternatives, that bottle of water is going to be harder to sell. So what you need is, as Gary Halbert would poignantly say, he'd say to his students, the only advantage that I would want over any other business is a hungry crowd. Or, in his words, a starving, a, crowd. A starving crowd. So what he's saying there is that give him a hole in the market somewhere where the needs of the people are not being met and he would actually find... A product to, to sell them, to sell them and, and to fulfill that need instead of going out there and saying, I have this, who wants it? Without even finding out if anyone wanted it. And that's what so many businesses do. And, and as you said, they'll end up with warehouses, 
and stockpiles full of products they think are fantastic, they were going to be great sellers, but when they took them to the market, it's not that the marketing sucked, it's not that anything else sucked, it was the fact that no one wanted it. No one wanted that, you know, whatever it was, that the widget that they were selling. So the best way to have a successful product and service is to find a hole and fill it. So that is actually then putting the horse before the cart. So you've got the horse first, so that's the hole, the, the starving crowd. And then you put your cart on the back and then you off, off you go with your traveling show with, um, Dr. Feelgood's multi-condition elixir and everyone just loves it. But also we did touch on a very important point there. So many business owners will say that everyone is their market. No, not everyone is their market. And that is incorrect. And when they try to sell to everyone, they end up selling to no one. Or when you market to everyone. Yeah, you end up selling to no one. Exactly. Which is really important to know. So when we say about finding these people, even before you have a product, it's, well, who are these people that you're looking for? So you need to do some research. You need to go yeah. and find them. It's that magic R word that most people want to um, this yeah, on. they just want to gloss over the top of it because it's too much hard work. But we live in a in a society where I think we have this amazing view of people's lives and whether they like it or not, they are so candid in what they share. And so as a copywriter and when I'm researching my market and researching the people that I'm writing to, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Reddit, I'm on, on all these forums to see what people are saying about the thing that I'm trying to sell them. And so if I can get magic words that they're saying and then use those words in my copy, then there's an instant resonance. Well, that comes into the the no like, trust. Exactly. Saying. Yeah. Because they trust the words that are coming out of their mouth more than they trust ones that I concoct. Exactly. But this is the part of getting the research and the person. But again, I've put the cart before the horse because I haven't spoken about how you get the, the person or how you even work out who the person is. So what you need to do is you need to work out an avatar and I mean a lot of people talk about avatars and as as um we said we're not talking about the James Cameron movie version of an avatar the, yeah that the, was a, that was a cool movie but <laughs> pretty cool but they're they're not kind of the avatars that that is not the avatar you're looking for um so what it is is like an avatar is made up of demographics so they're like the the gender and now um, we've got about 36 different genders, so you've just got to choose one. Um, just joking. Especially in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> On our passports, apparently. But anyway, um, choose your own gender. And then you've got your demographics as in your age. So you've got to pick a, an age. But then I, I want to be specific, though, because when you start to put your avatar together, people go, okay, I'm, I'm targeting to females. I'm targeting to people between uh, women between the ages of 30 to 65. Uh, they need to be this and this and this, right? And uh, are they, they like Oprah, they like to watch Ellen, they have kids and all that sort of stuff. So a few years ago at a conference I was speaking at, it was a really excellent seminar that I'd been invited to talk about copywriting at. On stage, I was talking about how to put together your avatar because, you know, these were business owners that wanted to sell on Amazon. And I said, you need to know who you're selling to so that then you know how to talk to them. And to them... This was kind of a new concept. They hadn't really thought about it. They just, again, put the cart before the horse, going out there looking for products, but not knowing who they were going to sell them to. They just were following trends going, okay, vitamin C serum selling heaps on, on Amazon. 
um, I assume they're being sold to females and I assume this. It's like, well, you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, so don't ever assume. So I took them through an exercise and I said, this is the importance of getting a really solid avatar but specifying who that one person is. It's not a group of people. When you market, you do not just yell out at the top of your lungs, hey, everyone, I've got this product. What you're doing is having an intimate conversation with one person. And so with the avatar, I said to them, okay, let's go through an exercise. All the women in the room stand up. And so all the women stood up and said, okay, so we're marketing to women, right? Now we're marketing to an age range. Okay, so um, every woman between 30 and 65, stay standing up. One woman sat down. And I said, okay, so then we went through a couple of other things. And um, I said, okay, so women with children, you stay standing. Everyone without children, sit down a few women sat down. So mostly, you know, we've still got about 85% of them still standing. And then I, I can't remember what the criteria was, but I used one more criteria and still I had 80% standing. I said, that's usually as far as people go with their avatar. Look around the room. We still have 40 women, about 40 women standing right now. Who are you writing to? And then the people started to see in that example that, oh man, how can I? And then I said, okay, so the women that are standing up, so put your hand up if you've got one child. Yeah, two ch children and all that sort of stuff. So then I started to classify them or segment them into different criteria. And then I said, well, okay, so who's got children at school? And now who's got children that are grown up? And then I said, who's a mother? and who's a grandmother. And so within that 30 to 65 age gap. age gap, we had women that were mothers of preschool children, mothers of uh, high school children, mothers of grown-up children. We had grandmothers, then like their kids are totally grown up and they've got kids of their own. So then we went through, basically, like there was such a range. And then it's like, okay, so who's in the Y generation? Hands went up. Who's in the X generation? Hands went up. Um, who's in the baby boomer hands went up. So within that whole great big group of 40 women, there were so many different subgroups that if you're trying to just market to a woman that's in between the ages of 30 and 65, what the heck does that mean? What does that woman look like? Well, it's, um, and it also comes down to what language do you use? Well, I know because when you talk to a baby boomer, you use different language. You know, you're not going to go YOLO or something to like a baby boomer. They're going to LOL. go oh, LOL. That's like, um, love you lots, isn't it? You know, to, you know, when baby boomers and that, when they started to, to learn that urban language and all that sort of stuff, LOL, you know, that's love you lots. No, actually, it's laugh out loud. But then it's all these other things that there's a disconnect. The X generation you're going to speak to differently than, and, and millennial, you know, cause like sometimes the millennials or, you know, they're in their twenties and, um, sometimes you get them, I call them collateral consumers because when you are, are talking to consumers that you're marketing to, sometimes you get someone, you know, like a bell curve, you'll get people either side of the bell curve. So but when you're marketing, you just want to get right in the middle of that bell curve. You want to talk to just one person. So then what I did with that group of people, I started to separate them and then Finally, I ended up with one woman standing. She ticked off every criteria that I would want to speak to relating to the product that I, I was promoting. And then I just stood there and had a, a, a quick conversation with her. And I said, are you interested in this product? She goes, absolutely, I am. I'm the perfect market for this. And that showed the power of just speaking to one person instead of many. Mm, but then you also, after that, 
you then asked the whole audience if anyone else was interested in that product after they'd listened to the conversation you had with that woman. Yeah, and there were some, again, on the on the outskirts of the bell curve, but then there were others that just were not interested. So when you're trying to talk to everyone and you're trying to market to everyone, you'll... You sell to no one. Exactly. So marketing and selling is not a one-size-fits-all. You need to really get a really good idea of who you're actually selling to. So the thing I, I did mention just then about the collateral consumer, which is I don't know that many people talk about it, but that's just a perspective that I have. You know, like when you're in the military, you talk about collateral damage. Well, when we, I don't see that marketing is ever a damaging thing unless you're, you know, malicious or whatever you're doing, but that's not the way I do it. I'm very ethical. I can only ever write and market for uh, products that I believe in and, and businesses and companies that I, I uh, admire and, and uh, believe in their um, global message. So because I guess at the end of the day, I know that the, the skills that I have can be used for good and evil and I don't want to manipulate people into buying something that they don't like or that will harm them. So I, I could never have that on my conscience. So I, I said about the collateral consumers. So what that means is that, you know, sometimes like when you're marketing, you know, or you're writing copy for a male's product and then you get females, you know, like um, you see those infomercials on TV for the tools, you know, it's like, oh, this tool, oh, it's rough and ready and it does this and it like drills a hole in 50 seconds flat or whatever. And it's like, I'm watching it and I'm going, man, I need that drill. <laughs> like, I totally need that drill. I'm such a sucker for all these, like, info products. And um, But that's what I would consider a collateral consumer, that I'm not their intended audience, but I have such a desire to own that. So I'm a collateral consumer. You know, I'm sort of on the outskirts, but, man, I want that. <laughs> well, then uh, a little bit down the track, it'll come out in pink. <laughs> Because that's the female version. That's the female version because, you know, all, all chicks love pink. Pink tools. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and they make them in the little lady hand size that's, stuff, don't they? They you know, do. How insulting. They down, downsize the tools so it's not a multi-tool anymore. <laughs> that was like, um, that reminds me of the lady pen that, um, Bic came out with and, um, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres just like totally hacked out on it on on her show she goes lucky that you know they have a, a new pen for my lady sized hands and things but but in all honesty as as funny that as that was and people were offended by it they were trying this thing but maybe they just went a bit too ridiculous with what they were doing so anyway so yeah what you need to get yourself out of this cart before the horse marketing is to find the people first because when you find the people when you find that starving crowd Selling a product to them will be easy peasy lemon squeezy. Alrighty, so you got anything else you want to add to this, Ray? I've done a lot of talking. You have. I think you've uh, pretty well covered off on on that topic. Yeah. So let's let's move on to the next point. Yeah. So I think when we talk about businesses and why we are in business, we're problem solvers, but we're problem solvers at a profit. We can't be expected to solve people's problems for free. I mean, we can't pay our mortgages with well, free hugs and you're not appreciation. A exactly. So business is all about finding out what people want and then giving it to them. Uh, the operative words there are what people want. So when you can find out what people want, find out a way to give it to them, 
then that is the right way to market. You see so many people writing books that they want to get their message out into the world. Because how many authors do you see go out there, write a book, and then they they end up with a garage full of 2,000 books or something like that because that was minimum order that they had to buy. That comes into the cart before the horse marketing. They didn't do any research to see if there was even a need for that book. They just felt compelled to write it. And unfortunately, they've been stuck with, you know, a, a huge quantity. So to get yourself out of that, to get yourself out of the, the danger of being stuck with thousands of products that you just can't sell or that you have to sell at below cost, which again is pretty much a charity because you've made these things and you know, you're going to have to give them away because you can't sell them because no one wants them. So the moral to the story is find your hole in the market, then find the people and then fulfill, fill the hole. Fulfill. Yep. That's it. Simple as. So Get yourself out of this cut before the horse marketing. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. So. Yeah. And, and we'll catch you on the next one. And thanks for listening. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Come on over to BreakingThroughTheBS.com. That's BreakingThroughTheBS.com. And that's where you'll find all the episodes and all of the show notes. And remember, if you like the show, subscribe and leave a review. And let all your friends know about Breaking Through the BS. We'll catch you at the next show. Bye for now.